to be honest, sometimes I feel as though I talk about women a little too much. And frankly, whenever I say that, I'm usually going to talk about men for like an entire episode. Except that in this particular case, I am just going to talk about women for the entire episode. You know, how to treat them, going on dates with them, and so on and so forth. But before I get into that, I want to address an article that has hurt me right down to my very core just by the caption. Now, the caption reads, and I quote, Study finds that men who drive sports cars are more likely to have small penises. And thing is, like, why the hell do you have to come and hit me with that? Like, when the hell did people actually think to themselves, you know what, let's compare dick sizes to sports cars? Like, does that mean that if you have a Bugatti, you have a smaller dick as opposed to if you have something like a Mazda MX-5 or some shit? Because honestly, I have questions about this shit. Because honestly, it makes absolutely no sense why it is someone would want to do a study just to figure out if people who drive sports cars have smaller penises. But you know what? Let me read the entire thing, then I can just give my full-on breakdown on it. So it says, and I quote, A team of psychologists at University College London have found a link between men who drive fast sports cars and having smaller penises. They conducted a survey on 200 men aged between 18 and 74 and the results confirmed quote-unquote a casual psychological link between the two. The study said, and I quote, In this experiment, we manipulated what men believed about their own penis size relative to others. We gave them false information stating that the average penis size was larger than it in fact is, reasoning that, on average, these males will feel that relatively and subjectively their own penis is smaller. We found that males, and males over 30 in particular, rated sports cars as more desirable when they were made to feel that they had a small penis. End quote. And end of story. Now, the way I'm looking at this, it actually has nothing to do with men actually having small penises it just means that men who've been told they have small penises will desire sports cars it doesn't necessarily mean that they're more likely to have them like that is correlation not causation i think and the weird thing is like this shit feels so clickbaity now because i'm thinking to myself if a guy over 30 is told he has a small dick and he's being asked if he desires sex or a sports car, like getting the babe and getting to bang them is a lot of work. As opposed to getting a sports car, especially if you if you have the money for it, then just go ahead, you buy it. And provided it doesn't have any reliability issues, the number one biggest problem that you'll have with it is probably servicing and maybe changing a flat tire. Now imagine using all the other efforts that you'd have had just to try and woo a babe and yet the moment you take your pants down, they're going to look at your dick and suddenly have that quirky smile. Like, I can totally get where they're at. And if anything, this study actually just shows how bad the porn industry has affected the current world as is. Most so guys were in their 20s. Because we clearly look at the idea of having a sports car and we're like, you know what, it's probably easier to pull a babe. Then you think about it. Damn it, I have a small dick. What am I going to do? Then now you have to start thinking about stuff like mouth work and finding the clit and shit, which we're normally not supposed to do. You know, at least so that women can continue complaining that we can't find that shit. Of which, speaking of women, I should probably get to this podcast because it is very women-centric and I'd like to give it my own male-centric spin to it. So let me start by saying... Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi. <coughs> <coughs> sorry, sorry. 
Welcome to Breakdown on Westside, your number one breakdown podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who does not believe that size matters because it is not the size of the wave but the motion of the ocean. He's a man who still considers jumping to conclusions as a good form of cardio. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, then you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, it's okay, I'm gonna say it for you. And it essentially just relates to how it is that you can contribute to the making of this episode via sending in the different tweets that you see online. And it doesn't just have to be Twitter because nowadays tweets are popping up everywhere. So it's a pretty simple drill and it almost sounds like a song and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly on Facebook and on IG if it happens to be a screenshot, a screen grab a reel or even part of a video or a carousel, then the place to send it to is at Breaktime on website on either Facebook or IG and I will take it from that and I will handle it accordingly. Now, I do have quite a bit to talk about and quite a bit of it does revolve around the women, but before I get into that, we do need to talk about dress code for a little bit. Now, there was a story of a dress code policy issue that happened in a university in Eldoret that I actually want us to look into because I feel like it's one of those discussions that we probably should have that we don't want to have, mostly because it's one of those debates that we can never really pinpoint very well, especially when the babes are complaining about it because I don't think guys usually have that dress code issue as much. Now, I happen to have a clip from a radio show clearly breaking it down, so I'm just going to play that. So, here it is. There's a university in Eldoret that has chased away students who are not following their new dressing protocol. <laughs> ah, sometimes I look at how we live in this country and I wonder, where, where did we go wrong as a nation? Aye! That's a dress code to education. And you still think is. It's like it's like you're trying to force university students to act like high school students. Yet you know when they get out there and get into the world, they're gonna be dressing however they want to. And we're supposed to be replicating like you know life, actual life, and how life is in universities. But as I come out to make noise for university students, aye, at this rate, some universities are just glorified. In as much as the clip cut off somewhere, I do think the term he was trying to use was glorified high schools. And to be very honest, like I feel like the whole dress code thing is something that's spoken about, especially when you look at like universities and campuses in Kenya, there's usually some sort of a dress code that's given. It's just that nine times out of 10, most people don't really give a damn about it because there's nothing much to really police people on, not unless if people are dressing in a very obscene manner, which doesn't normally happen or unless if you're in a place like say USIU. Now, if you look at the whole talk on dress code, because people have had this whole dress code issue. Oh, you know what kind of dress code is good for the office, which one is good for, for just chilling with people. Like, people will always talk about how some dress codes work well with others. And then there's people who will feel like they're on top of the world and pretty much just wear a t-shirt and sweatpants to most places. Which is, which is how some guys will roll and that's entirely up to them. But there's a certain discussion to be had about women's dress codes and what's considered indecent versus what isn't because when you look at how people sort of try to police that, it actually tends to get very subjective very quickly because when you look at a very small skinny babe wearing a fairly short skirt, you find that they might just let her through the gate. But if it's a thick babe 
wearing a short skirt not even longer than this other babes they're the ones that are gonna be stopped and they're the ones that are gonna be told that oh you know you're dressing indecently blah 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 and it kind of forced me to think about how dress code should be looked at and i don't think it should be in the realm of like what size of dress or what size of skirt or how much slit is there i think there should be a very different formula to this and i kind of thought about it especially after watching a bunch of anime and looking at how some south koreans go to high school like you look at the babes and they have short ass skirts like them shits is a couple of inches from the vagina going down not a couple of inches above the knee and you kind of think about it like for them that's perfectly normal so what i came to the conclusion of is we shouldn't look at dress code based off of how many inches from the knee or from where i think it should just be a matter of surface area to clothing ratio simple as that it sounds like it's super complicated but it's incredibly simple and i think that's actually how most people determine what is decent or indecent dress code now the simple way to put it is the the larger the difference in the ratios so the larger the surface area to clothing ratio then the more indecent you are the less it is the less decent you are because you kind of think about it it's not like wearing a skirt that's like three four inches above your knee is going to be seen as indecent for a super skinny babe as opposed to a super thick one especially if you have thighs and a booty then you think about it like you can use that same exact formula on like tight fitting clothes especially the elastic ones you look at them before the babe wears them and there's not that much material but she wears them and it holds everything it's not indecent indecent per se but the fact that there's more meat being shown and you know like there's more that's jiggling around it does kind of make it look like this baby is showing us a little too much and at the end of the day that's actually how most people start to gauge what is considered decent or indecent just by virtue of their eyes it's literally that number one difference so maybe if people decided to start talking about it like that instead of how many inches above the knee someone's skirt is or how tight someone's dress is then probably we'd be making a lot more headway although then again considering that i'm a guy i probably will be looked at and i'll be told that i do not have the requisite reproductive organs to be in this argument so i will leave it at that and i will move it on so on to our very first tweet of this episode women were not created to take care of themselves really women should be taken care of because they take care of everyone else as daughters their dads should as ladies their husbands should as older grandmas their children should there's a reason men were created stronger than women i'm not talking about women who are lazy and are only trying to live off of men a good woman will work and improve herself ordinarily and not just be billing men but she would still love to be cared for because she was created for it this is why the sugar daddy and baby girl model will not disappear it represents a real need though being immorally met provision for a woman is not limited to financial and material though i pray for all the men reading this may god give you the grace to provide for your wife daughters and mothers in jesus name amen at least you know i can i can finish it for dude okay so normally i'm guessing some people will be thinking you know what oh that's not exactly the case well to be very honest dude is actually speaking facts to a certain degree 
um can i really say that women were not created to take care of themselves not exactly but as men one of our rules is to take care of our woman like that's just how it is you know there's the three p's provide protect penetrate and provide might be there but protect is usually right next to provide and you can talk about it from a sense of security physical security but you can also look at it from a sense of financial security which is why whenever women are hypergamous to a certain degree like i used to fight it before but i kind of stopped at some point because you can't expect her to be making money and still stay at home and take care of the kids it's not as easy or as practical for most people which is why a lot of times when you find that a guy is being told oh you need to provide you can kind of get where she's coming from because at the end of the day if she gets stuff on her end she needs to be able to depend on you to protect her to a certain degree but i don't want to dwell too much on that i feel like the thing that kind of did seem a little bit off was when he was saying that this is why the sugar daddy and baby girl model will not disappear and you can say that there is a real need that's met but when you kind of look at it is it really a real need that's being met because it's not that this girl is looking for protection of a certain kind from this older man that's just a financial gain towards it a lot of times you actually look at these babes or at least you go and you pay attention to these babes it's not like these babes are poor it's not like they do not have means of their own it's just that there's an older man that has way more that is willing to take care of her for some exchange of sexual favor of sorts and that kind of makes a little bit more sense in that there's some sort of transactional business that's happening as opposed to representing a real need i don't think this man needs to start taking care of anyone besides his wife and kids just the same way i don't think this babe needs to be taken care of by anyone that isn't her father or her boyfriend or her husband or any other person that isn't particularly close to her but all in all i do think that it is a little bit interesting that someone would lead with this and would think that it would still work like no word of a lie 90% of everything that's been said there is completely true i just don't like the whole sugar daddy and baby girl type story being highlighted as a need of sorts Although then again I might be wrong about that but I will leave it as is and I will move it on so on to our very next tweet of this episode Dating a woman after 30 is miserable it's just a job interview what do you do for a living where do you live do you rent or own what kind of car do you drive etc these women want to qualify you materialistically to see if you can be their retirement plan Can I really call it a retirement plan thing? Okay, maybe for some, maybe for some as opposed to others. A lot of the ones that I've interacted with aren't particularly lacking in terms of finances. So I wouldn't really think that they would look at you as a retirement plan of sorts. Hell, they've probably planned their retirement plan like 2-3 times over in some cases. But I do think that the whole interview thing is particularly true. But at the same time, if you think about it as an interview, even for you as a guy you're technically interviewing the babe it's just that for us as guys our interview season our interview period isn't one date or a couple of dates it's an entire bunch of interactions that just starts from the first date or the first interaction moving forward as you get closer and closer and as i reveal more and more to you Although even though you can't say that on both ends it's an interview what I can admit is I wouldn't be surprised if a 30 plus babe is being a lot more direct with a lot of these questions 
like i can understand why they do that because you know it eliminates a lot of the time wasting that you could have been doing when you're in your 20s because you're in your 20s and it just kind of cuts to the chase and it does kind of make it easier for them to kind of root out the red flags and sort of move on the problem is when it just seems like you're doing that it just looks as though you're going on a date with this guy so that you can just check off a bunch of boxes and see if the guy actually fits which we can admit for a fact that those boxes don't entirely carry as much importance or, or at least quite a number of the superficial ones aren't even all that important because i can get a question like what do you do for a living kind of making sense because maybe she wants to establish if you make more than her or if you earn well just as a baseline instead of straight up asking you how much money do you make which i can sort of understand but at the same time you can be a plumber that makes quite a good amount of money and you can be a manager that has shit financial skills so you're always living paycheck to paycheck or you're always within debt so i can't particularly say that it's the most accurate one but in terms of goals it does kind of try to fulfill what it is supposed to do the ones that don't make sense are where do you live because i don't see why why you reside mattering all that much uh do you rent or own i think that one is a little bit too personal because it's almost like asking me about my asset class which isn't too far from what it is that i earn and others you know like what kind of car do you drive like when the hell did it suddenly become important what car a guy drove like you move through most places via uber at least a lot of babes do why the hell does the kind of car that he drives suddenly make a difference yes there's the whole status thing but you must recognize that just because someone's driving an old beaten up car doesn't particularly mean that they don't have money though and this is why I can understand what this guy means when he's saying that they're trying to qualify you materialistically. Because at the end of the day, if this is most of the questions that you're being asked at a date, then it's like someone who's busy just trying to check your earning bracket, which isn't an indicator of anything particularly good long term. Like, it just shows that this guy makes good money. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's great with his finances or he's going to be someone that you can consider to be quote-unquote financially stable. Which is like one of so many different things that women should be looking for when they go out on a date with a man. And I'm sure I would love to get into all of those things, but I will leave it at that because of time and I will move it on. So on to our very next tweet of this episode. Having sex while the lights are still on is the most embarrassing thing ever. Fight me. Please switch off the lights. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that feels this way, but actually, you know what? Fuck this shit. This one ain't just me. I feel like it's mostly just this babe and a couple of other people. Like, how the fuck do you not want to fuck with the lights on? Like, do you not want to see the people that you're banging? Are they that ugly? Like, I find it a little bit hard to understand. Although, I also do need to piece the people that like the lights off with the people that like shagging with a certain colored light bulb in the same exact WhatsApp group because both of those people are weird as fuck. Like, it does not make sense to me why it is that you would like to shag with a red light on. Like, is it that you're trying to bring the hoe out in her because, you know, red light district type shit? Or is it that, you know, the silhouette kind of makes her look better? Like... I've never really understood it because the people that shag when it's like a colored light on, it's like 
you know you're banging someone that you really wanted to bang but they don't look anything like what it is that you wanted to bang or at least for the most part because the change in lighting and the change in color of the lighting can affect that to a massive degree and i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i like the people that i actually bang but if i am going to bang you then i'd much rather look at the person that i'm banging so that i can enjoy the view like i know very well that i'm an ass man so if i'm clapping cheeks i know that i'm going to be putting a bit of extra attention to the cheeks if i liked the shorty because she was pretty or because she had a nice body i'd want to visually stimulate myself by its sight because I already tried to visually stimulate myself when she had clothing on and that wasn't enough. Now I've managed to get the clothes off which definitely took quite a bit of negotiation, persuasion and work and shorty wants to let me have it and now's when I want to change the views? Like that shit don't make sense to me. To be very honest, it does not make sense to me at all. Like you choosing to do that or you choosing to turn off the lights, like that shit don't make sense to me at all. The people that usually say that they want to shag with the lights off, like imagine if you brought a babe from the club, you want to shag with the lights off, she's very very open to it and then all of a sudden you realize that she has a dick. Like how exactly will you explain that shit to the boys who will ask you about the babe that you took home from the club even though maybe one or two of them might actually know that this is someone who has a dick. Like will that be very easy for you to explain as a dude? And this also applies to the babes because like if you really wanted a heightened feeling then you can have yourself blindfolded and tied and shit and that would be all fine and dandy but turning off the lights like isn't that what kind of leads to the whole discussion with your friends whether like i don't see what it is that you see in him and you're like oh no trust me he's a really good guy i don't think you guys have really gotten to know as much about him as i have of which as much about him is literally just dick like they look at him and they see an ugly looking nigga you look at him and you just remember that there was dick that was involved either way i'm not of this idea like if you are the type of person that would like to shag ugly people then fine probably this tweet does appeal to you quite a bit but if you do like the people that you like to get into bed with then you probably want to see them even though they might not be as physically appealing as you'd like but at least they are physically appealing to a degree Although, then again, this does sound like something that promiscuous babes would find to be particularly nice, even though, on the other hand, you could just resort to doing doggy and not look at the guy the entire time. Although, I might be wrong about this, just the same I might be wrong about a lot of other things, so I want your thoughts on it. The DMs are open on Twitter, it is at BagakaTheD, on Facebook and on IG, it is at BreakTime on website. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end, and I will catch you guys on the next break.